The following episode of the Toddcast was previously recorded on June 24th. What's it like to be an attorney? How difficult is law school? And how hard is it to be an attorney during COVID? Well, we talk about all that and more on this episode of The Toddcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Toddcast. As always, I'm your host, Todd McManus. And today is a very special episode because joining me is the man himself, the one and only Mr. Christian Creed. Mr. Creed, how are you doing today? Hey, Todd. I'm doing great. Great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. So, like I've said two weeks ago, I started this literally two weeks ago with the last guest. I've been trying something new called the icebreaker question. So I'm going to ask you this would you rather question right now. Would you rather, first off, do you like watermelon? Yes. Okay. So, would you rather never eat watermelon ever again? Just gone out of your life. You can't eat it. Or, you have to eat watermelon with every meal for the rest of your life. (laughs) Uh, I'm not a huge melon fan. I I do like watermelon, however. But I I think I would probably do without it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'd be up to eating watermelon with every meal. Just thought of it. Having, like, get up in the morning, cook an omelet, and have some watermelons. Yeah, (laughs) That doesn't sound too good. <laughs> so, which I, I picked the same thing. Yeah. I'm not too. I, I'm I'm not gonna go without. Yeah. Be, Although I did buy some watermelon at Brooks just two days ago. Oh. So you were already prepared yeah, then. Yeah. T- Tis the season. Right. <laughs> so, with all that being said, you've done a good bit throughout your life, I'd say. And if anybody out there wants to see your accomplishments, then go to creedlaw.com and see your about page there. And we're gonna go through them. Um, some of them here today. So we're going to go back a little while. Okay. Let's go back to when you graduated high school. All righty. So when you graduated high school, right after, and you were about to start college, what was your initial plan? And, like, did you go with through the plan that you wanted? But basically, what was your initial plan of what you wanted to do with the rest of your life? Well, at the time... Um I was just happy to graduate from high school. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I grew up in Alexandria and graduated from Ash, uh, mm-hmm. Alexandria Senior High. And um, really, I, I didn't have plans to attend a particular college. You yeah. know, it was different back then. You know, nowadays, kids, when they're juniors in high school, they've got it pretty oh, yeah. well mapped out and they've applied to several colleges. I, I guess when I graduated in 1981, there was an expectation that you know, I would go to LSU. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, anybody at the time who wanted to go to LSU, if they were willing to pay the $300 in tuition, oh. uh, they could they could go. The good days. And, uh, and I had an opportunity to live with my cousin and uh, provided I find a summer job. And uh, so right before I graduated, I, I did land a job at a clothing store in Baton Rouge and, and moved to... Um, Baton Rouge. In fact, my mom, I, I think I gave her about a 24-hour notice. She didn't even know I was moving to Baton yeah. Rouge, let alone going to attend LSU for summer school. Yeah. Um, so, but did do that and, um, you know, moved to Baton Rouge and, and started LSU when I was 17, uh, the summer before the fall semester. And that was probably different. <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah, kind of a small country boy going to... Uh, Baton Rouge, um, 
it was a big eye opener yeah. uh, for me. Uh, I, I was fortunate. The basketball coach at the time, Del Brown's daughter, worked at the clothing store, and yeah. she kind of she befriended me, and she was from Baton Rouge, and knew a lot of people, and took me under her, her wing, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, so that was really helpful, and I uh, ended up working for that clothing store, uh, all. The, you know, all four years at college. In fact, ended up living with the family. They kind of oh. took took me in as as adopted me. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, uh, so that that's how I started in uh, uh, college. And you know, immediately I got involved in student government, and um, as, as a freshman rep. And uh, eventually, by the time I was a senior, I was elected student body president. And, and also um, worked for a Baton Rouge senator, Senator Osterberger at the time. It'll show you how much politics has changed as an aide. Uh, he was the only Republican uh, state senator oh, in Baton Rouge. That's not now, now, of course, they hold the majority, Republicans hold the majority in the House and the yeah. Senate. But just to think about it, you know, just he was the only, yeah. everybody at the time were Democrats. Um, but so I was always kind of interested in politics, and and yeah. also later that summer I worked uh, in Washington D.C. for our U.S. Senator Bennett Johnson, who was from Shreveport, and uh, so always had an aptitude and interest in politics. Yeah. Um, in fact, I thought I might one day become a politician, but uh, you know, once once I got in business and realized that you can't really be a successful business person typically and be an elected yeah. official. They, they tend to be mutually exclusive. And my wife, Catherine, didn't really want me to be, <laughs> be involved yeah. in politics. She had a lot to say about that. But uh, over the years, um, it's, it's always been fun. I, I still enjoy politics and helping my friends who are interested in running for elected office. Yeah. Uh, help them with their campaigns. That's kind of how I sat, satisfy that aptitude. Yeah. Able uh, to, like, sponsor them and all that kind of stuff, too. That's right. So. Just help them with their campaign. Yeah. Um, but, but so I don't know when I started college, back to your initial question, I didn't know really, um, uh, what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, once I got in college, I just wanted to graduate. I didn't know, <laughs> didn't know, yeah. uh, I, I was going to become a lawyer. I, I did become interested in law when I was a senior in college. I started working as a accident investigator for an investigative group okay. and, uh, eventually did some insurance adjusting, but. But before I went to law school, uh, I worked full-time as an accident investigator for about seven years. And, um, uh, and that's when I decided, you know, I wanted to become a lawyer because I was working with lawyers. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of the same things they did with regard to client interaction and case development. Um, and um, so finally I decided to go to law school. Okay. Uh, and and so that was seven years after graduating from LSU, and I went to Loyola in New Orleans, and that's where I met Catherine, my wife. We were classmates, and yeah. she graduated from LSU also, uh, but she went straight from college to law school, whereas I set out, and yeah. so I'm seven years older than she is. But uh, yeah, and, and she had a she had a boyfriend, <laughs> I had a girlfriend, but just yeah, things evolve, yeah. You know? You'll never even met each other at LSU, though. No, so that because, was kind of weird. Yeah, well, she yeah. was. She's, you know, now it's the age difference isn't that big of a deal. But you know, when you're in when 
you're in high school or college, seven years is a big difference. Yeah. So no, I, di- I didn't know her uh, in- until we met the first day of law school. And that would have been, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, 1991, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, and she's from Monroe, and, and that's that's why we ended up here. Oh, okay. And she actually was third generation. Uh, her family had, you know, her aunt and uncles were attorneys. Her grandfather was an attorney. And, and so she, she, it was kind of a big deal for her to come back and uh, be an attorney in the Monroe yeah. area. Uh, third generation, and our daughter, actually, whose birthday it is today, I have to give her a little shout out. <laughs> she just graduated from Loyola Law School and studying for the bar, so she'll actually be fourth generation in oh. Catherine's family of attorneys. Of course, I know there's too many attorneys. You know, but, <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, that's that's kind of how I became an attorney and ended up in Monroe. Yeah, and that's something how she was. She was kind of meant to do it then when you say like third generation well, yeah she I think there was an expectation from the get go she'd go to you know get her undergraduate degree and then go to law school yeah. whereas uh, I, you know I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do uh, when I was attending college but as I started uh, working as an investigator and interacting with uh, attorneys and their clients and at the time um I worked exclusively for plaintiff attorneys, injury yeah. attorneys, and that's what I do today. Yeah. And and so I definitely have a, a love for that area of the law and affinity for it. Um, you know, representing the people who are injured or you know have problems and and try to help them. I feel like we're the ones that wear the white caps. You know, yeah. we're battling the uh, the uh, insurance companies who don't want to pay the appropriate amount. You yeah. know, on claims. But, of course, I'm biased. But interestingly, when I was in law school, I, I did I, I did work for law firms who were on the other side, who yeah. defended uh, cases, and including a lot. We primarily did uh, products liability cases, and they were defending the automobile manufacturers like Ford and Chrysler and yeah. Honda. And uh, uh, so it kind of gave me experience, you know, in addition to working for the plaintiff attorneys all those years, now I get to work, you know, for the defense attorneys, yeah. you know, trying to develop their cases. And yeah. at the end of the day, you, you're after the, you, you want to win your case. You want to develop the case in such a way that's going to be in your client's best interest. Yeah. Um, but as soon, but it, but I knew in law school as soon as I graduated, I wanted to do what I'm doing now, and yeah. that's, you know, be a plaintiff's attorney. And you just kept along that way. You could keep along with that. Then once you found that. Yeah. That niche there, you got it down. That's right. You know, the practice of law, there's all kind of areas of practice. Yeah. Uh, But uh, once once I did decide that I wanted to become a lawyer, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Whereas, like, for instance, my daughter, uh, I don't know if she knows exactly the type of law she wants to practice. And that's pretty commonplace with with law students. Yeah. Because they don't really teach you practical aspects of the the practice of law in law school. But, but as a law student, you know, I, I was a little bit older and I had worked in the legal community for, you know, seven years. Yeah. So I kind of knew. And in some respects, you know, law school made better sense uh, to me maybe than someone without that experience. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I could see practical applications, but without that prior experience, you may not know exactly, yeah. you know, how it, how it applies to an actual yeah. practice, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which 
like you said, you went to Loyola University. That's right. where you graduated in 1995. How I've heard different stories about law school being just so hard. Right. Was it real difficult for you? Was it a breeze? Was it like well, it how a difficult? Breeze. I was, was <laughs> I was concerned. You know, back in the day, for instance, LSU had a very high attrition rate. Yeah. Um, LSU Law School. In fact, I think statistically, it was a fact that that you know they would admit a certain number of freshmen, you know, uh, each year. But by their sophomore year, about fifty percent of those would be, you know, flunked yeah. out. You know. Uh, so I didn't like those odds, you know, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> so it, candidly, I was a little bit concerned about even going to LSU because that was the way that they um, um, approached uh, their enrollment, and and uh, but and now they have a different uh, approach. I believe, yeah. to my understanding, they don't do that anymore. They, you know, they have, they. Uh, uh, admit good students and they keep them and that's kind of how Loyola and Tulane did yeah. uh, back then but but nonetheless I was still a, I was still concerned I didn't want to they the law schools discourage students from working the first year because you need to be focused on your studies well I certainly uh, took them to heart and I didn't work my first year yeah. um, even with with my the investigative work I was telling you about, that was mainly my second, third year. Because I was really, I was concerned. You know, you hear all these horror stories about people flunking out. Yeah. So, uh, and a little bit nerve-wracking, you know, they, by design, you know, the professors are going to engage you during class. So, um, you know, if, if you're comfortable talking in front of people and, you know, it's, it's less stressful. But like Catherine, yeah. my wife, she doesn't like to talk in, <laughs> in public or in classroom settings. She'd break out in hives. But uh, really, if, it, as long as, you know, you, you prepared for each class and were conversing about the cases that were going to be discussed, it, in, in retrospect, it, it wasn't that difficult. Yeah. But... but uh, but it was very stressful the first couple of semesters. And once you get through your first year, you're like, oh, I, I can do this, and I get it. And, yeah. And it's once that, you know, you remove that stress out of the equation, it, we really had a good time. It, for me, particularly having been out of college for seven years and working, uh, and having the opportunity to go back to school, it's almost like going to college a second time. <laughs> yeah. So even Catherine would say, she goes, I had as much fun in law school as I did, you know, at LSU and undergrad. Yeah. I mean, that's from her perspective. So we had a good time. Um, uh, now, studying for the bar exam, that's, a, that's another matter. That's extremely Which, stressful. I was going to ask you about that, is that you got the bar uh-huh. later on. And, like, yeah. what was that like? Well, when we – well, it's, it's kind of interesting that when, when Catherine and I graduated, we were engaged to be married in the fall. Yeah. And uh, we graduated, and – immediately started studying for the bar and she was having to plan a wedding you know, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And that lasted about a week with phone calls back and forth to her mom and like trying to make wedding plans. And so we, we went from, it was going to be a rather large wedding in Monroe to having just an intimate wedding with less than 40 people yeah. at a chapel in New Orleans. Yeah. And we planned that whole wedding in about two days, oh. but at least that stress was off our plate. <laughs> yeah. you know? And, uh, so because so we want because we because the bar is just all consuming you know you have yeah. to study you know seven days a week you know eight eight twelve hours a day you know if not more uh, 
until the, the exam, um, which is, I think this year, it's like the third week in July. And, but ironically, my daughter's engaged to be married. She's getting married in September, and she's going through the same thing <laughs> and studying for the bar. But they're going to do a small wedding as well. Yeah. But, um, I think they're just taking a page out of our playbook. Yeah. Just thought that was a good idea. It's like yeah. instead of having a big old wedding while we're studying for the bar. <laughs> yeah. Which I've heard it being like the bar test to be compared to like the MCAT for medical students as well. Because it's think- just these really hard tests that you have to take, you know. Right. I think so. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a rite of passage and yeah. to make sure that I guess you've learned what you needed to learn in law yeah. school. I will tell you, though, when you take the bar, it, it at least for Catherine and me, a light bulb goes off. And it's like things kind of all the various courses, they come together yeah. and it it makes sense. Um, I remember you know, thinking that during these bar, you know, preparatory courses, of course, which are really helpful and useful. Yeah. Um, but just, it it's like that professor explained how all these cases interrelated and, yeah. and it just finally made sense where it was kind of fragmented during the course of the three years of law school, but it kind of gels and comes together just at, at the right time. Yeah. So, uh, but interestingly about the bar, uh, we moved back here initially to, to practice with, we had jobs with Catherine's grandfather's firm. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the year we took the bar, I think it was like the worst passage rate ever. Yeah. I don't know if we knew that at the time, but it's like only 52% of all the bar applicants in Louisiana, uh, only for like 52% passed, yeah. meaning like 48% flunked. Yeah. And, and somehow or another, we got wind of the fact that they were grading the bar exams tough that year, or, you know, a lot of people might not pass or condition and while we were waiting for the the results she said of course we're back here working you know yeah. waiting working for her family's firm and she goes well uh you know we're gonna have some, and we're newlyweds yeah. she said we're gonna have some serious problems if you passed and i did <laughs> <laughs> and she goes if i have to study for that bar exam again <laughs> and i said like and I asked, well, what do you expect me to do? I mean, I have no control. It's yeah. in the can. It is what yeah. it is. And uh, she and she was really serious. She goes, it, it's just going to be a problem. <laughs> I was like, well, well anyway, we kind of laugh about it. Fortunately, both of us passed. Yeah. So, but now that was stressful yeah. waiting for that. Yeah, we're uh, both part of the 52%. We were, thankfully. And that was uh, 25, you know, almost 26 years ago. Yeah. And so with Creed and Creed, which, amazing name, by the way. Just last names. Get it, Creed and Creed. I always hear it on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> you know, It's all you need. There's a billboard, because I'm from Ravel. Okay. And there's a billboard with you on it right there. Okay. And every time you leave Ravel, go into Monroe. It's right there. And I'm like, there he is. Yeah. And so, this Creed and Creed was established in 1998. Right. And why did you and your wife decide to open Creed and Creed. That way you could have your own establishment to yeah. yourselves. Well, at the time, you know, we just right out of law school for a very brief period of time, we went to work for her grandfather. Yeah. Uh, who shortly thereafter retired and and um, gave his gave the firm, his Bowles, Bowles and Ryan at the time, to his uh, son and daughter, yeah. uh, Catherine's aunt and uncle. And, uh, but, but they primarily did transactional work. They did a lot of work for CenturyLink and defense work, 
Yeah. And again, you know, and, and my wife was a real estate attorney. She did have the good fortune to, you know, um, study under and, and get um, trained as a real estate lawyer under a gentleman who'd been working in that capacity. His name was Chuck Ryan for like 40 years. Yeah. So she kind of learned from the best. And, uh, and and she enjoyed doing that. But I really, I wanted to be an injury attorney. Yeah. And they just didn't do that. So uh, uh, we we made the big leap. You know, we talked to her grandfather, got his blessings to, uh, open, not that we needed it, but just out of respect. You know, yeah. so we kind of wanted to do, uh, or Christian wants to do personal injury work. And, uh, you know, we're going to give it a go. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they thought we'd succeed or not, but, you know, they said, yeah, go ahead. That'd, that'd <laughs> <Yeah>. be fine. <clears throat> then we started the business. At, at the time, interest rates, I can't remember, but they they reduced substantially, like from 12% to 8%, yeah. and then 8% to 6%. And when we started our business, we had a title company. And, and truly, that's how we were able to get our business off the ground is because Catherine was doing real estate closings, and of course, there's a big boom right now with real estate closings. Everybody's refinancing because yeah. you know interest rates are so cheap. Well, that same phenomenon was occurring when we started our practice, which was fortuitous because otherwise, I don't think I could have made it successfully. Because yeah. when personal injury practice, you don't, you know, you're not paid until you, you know, settle yeah. the case. Um, and when we we're just starting out, had very little personal injury business, you know, but we did. She was working as a real estate attorney, so we were doing loan closings. Yeah. And that, that enabled the business to have cash flow. Yeah. Well, you know, when I get my first PI case, you know, you don't get paid maybe yeah. for six months until the client's, you know, treats, released, and yeah. get the case settled. So unless you have a, a big line of credit or, you know, the ability yeah. to make money elsewhere, uh, it's it's kind of tough business to get into. But fortunately, you know, Catherine was very busy, and... Uh, really supported us initially yeah. with with her book of business, and over I don't know exactly when it was, but probably maybe by year ten or twelve, you know, went from a hundred percent real estate, zero personal <laughs> yeah. injury, and after about ten years, it just went, it just complete the other, you know, the other direction yeah. where you know when our kids became. Um, you know, when they when my daughter started attending high school, that's when she decided to close the title company, or, and then then it was a hundred percent personal entry. Yeah. From that point forward, so so probably for the past, past the last uh, fifteen years, it's just been personal entry. Yeah. Okay. But that gives you a little history of uh, <laughs> yeah. Creed and Creed, and, yeah. uh, and coincidentally, the room we're in right now was Catherine's grandfather's personal office. Oh. This this were his curtains, and his desk was right there where you were. Uh, you had a big it, office then. Yeah, was, yeah. Well, now it's you can see it's our conference room, yeah. you know. But um, so anyway, this building has sold many times since then, but we lease it from, uh, you know, some local owners. And, yeah. But this, this is where we started, you know, when we graduated, yeah. and this is where we are today. Yeah. And with Creed and Creed, you have three locations in Monroe, Alexandria, and New Orleans. Why did you choose those three cities, and will there be any more? Well, we have no plans to expand. Alexandria, of course, because I'm from Alexandria, yeah. we talked about. So I've always had a satellite office there because I know a lot of people there and still have uh, family and friends in Alexandria. And then New Orleans, of course, um, 
is where we attended school and uh, yeah. have a lot of professional uh, relationships with attorneys there and, and do business, particularly the admiralty work, which is not a lot of in Monroe, but yeah. you know, the admiralty is in offshore accidents, uh, you know, accidents that occur in the Gulf or on the yeah. Mississippi River. Um, and, and in those cases, I generally work with uh, attorneys in New Orleans. So it's kind of convenient to have a location there. Yeah. But, but really, uh, practically speaking, I mean, we live in Monroe. This is where, you know, our principal office is. And, yeah. and we're local, local accessible. And, and that's something we, we really um, promote. Yeah. Is, you know, being, being from Northeast Louisiana. And uh, that's, that's our roots. And that's, that's where we, where we yeah. are and we plan to stay. And I like how with the three locations you have, you're not too far, but you got like one in north, one in the middle, and one right at the bottom of Louisiana. So you're like stretched all the way through, basically. Right. That way you can get every... Well, we we handle cases all over the state. Yeah. But but, but the majority of our business is is here in northeast Louisiana. Yeah. And do you, like, if something comes up in New Orleans, do you have to, like, drive down there or go down there to handle it? Or are you able to, like, call on the phone or, like, how's that Just, just both. Of course, oh, okay. you know, with, uh, with all this new technology, it's easy to, to handle most of the business remotely yeah. if you have to. You know, with Zoom or teleconferences, of course, email, whatnot. Um, but I think Zoom has kind of spoiled all of us. We, we yeah. actually had the technology in place before COVID uh, with our legal software, um, law firm software, but we didn't utilize it much. Yeah. But when COVID hit, actually, uh, even before the governor's mandate, we made a decision for the safety of our uh, clients and our staff to you know, close the office for in-person visits and handle everything remotely by, um, uh, well, not Zoom, but with our smartphones. You yeah. know, we, we could uh, have documents signed uh, over the phone. Yeah. So we were able to uh, interface with our clients really utilizing our telephone and our legal software. Yeah. So that same technology allows us to communicate with folks not only throughout Louisiana, but all over the country. Yeah. And... Like you said, with COVID, we can talk about COVID a little bit. Yes, sir. How have you and your family been during COVID? Well, thank you for asking. We personally, we've all, uh, you know, done well. Catherine and I took took it very seriously. You know, just like um, I explained, our office, you know, embraced all the protocols necessary yeah. to keep everybody safe. We we followed the mandates, and we also just you know, wore our mask. We didn't interact in the public. We basically worked remotely, stayed at home. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot a lot of folks we know in our community in Washtenaw Parish um, became very sick, and we even know, you know, a few people who lost their lives or yeah. loved ones as a result of it. Um, I had one client who passed away of COVID, and uh, his, his mother, father, and uncle also died of COVID Mm. and that was fairly early uh, on and uh, so it certainly got our attention and uh, so we took it seriously uh, throughout and fortunately you know uh, 
nobody at our law firm got, uh, had a couple people come down with it, but nobody got terribly sick as a result of it. Yeah. And how would you say the business did during COVID? Did it, like, not as many? Because, you know, not many people were out. Yeah. Well, so. that's, that's a good question. Um, uh, because we didn't have the foot traffic we normally have yeah. at, at our Monroe location. Because, I mean, well, for one thing, people weren't driving automobiles for a yeah. while. It was like a ghost town. It was. And uh, so, you know, fortunately for our citizens, they weren't having automobile accidents yeah. with the same frequency. Um, so, yeah, business did slow. Of course, you know, we all the business in our pipeline for the past two years, you know, that, that those cases needed to be worked and developed. So yeah. even though... Uh, New business uh, slowed. It we we still were plenty busy, you know, handling the cases that we already, you know, yeah. had and uh, representing our clients that we already had. Uh, but that was, uh, I would say, only for a couple of months. And then, you know, when people started getting acclimated to uh, what they needed to do and yeah. how they needed to act uh, because of COVID. Uh, you know the, the business resumed. Yeah. Um, but but I would I would say there was a lull for two to three months, but then it's you know it was back to back to usual there. Yeah. Because we're I think we're pretty close back to normal. Now, I think so. You know? Yeah, I think so. Thankfully. Yeah. Because like like I'm vaccinated, you know, and like a lot of people just go ahead and get in it that way we can go ahead and get rid yeah. of go well, back to somewhat normal you know that's right so well i tell you until then you know we we wore our mask and and uh social distance and we had purell at every desk and <laughs> yeah. we did away with our you know sharing pens for yeah. instance and we tried to you know we have lysol and would constantly wipe down everything um but now I think because most people are vaccinated, I think just about everybody in this office is vaccinated. Kathy yeah. and I are vaccinated. Uh, you, you know, we feel confident that hopefully we, we put this behind us. Yeah. Um, always careful to come in. I'm almost out of the habit now, but uh, if, if I'm not wearing my mask or, you know, I don't wear it any longer, but I tell them people I've been double vaccinated, but would you like me to put a mask on? And, yeah. You know, and they, people appreciate that. But typically, most everybody like you that I, you know, speak to seems to be vaccinated, yeah. seems to have received the vaccine. And some people still come in our office wearing masks, and they've yeah. been vaccinated, but they're just being extra precautious, yeah. which, I mean, I respect that, too. Yeah, that's more power to them, you know. Sure. So, with everything that we've talked about, if you look back and you were – and you're – you yourself, when you graduated high school, was able to see all this stuff up until now that you've done. Would he believe it? Would he be like, oh, I can, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to do? Like, what would you say yeah. when you were younger? Well, I've always been self confident. I've always had a lot of confidence. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think I would have envisioned me being um, where I am today. Uh, but 
you know, at the time I, I grew up very poor. I was a fry cook at Popeye's Fried Chicken, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so again, I just wanted to get my degree. I would I would have been satisfied. I remember having a, an amount in mind if I could just make X amount of dollars. Uh, I think it was twenty four thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I'd be set for life yeah. if I could do that. Yeah. I'd be a success. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, you know, I, I I love where I am in life now. Uh, yeah. You know, being an attorney, doing what I love to do, uh, you know, you know, having a great uh, wife and business partner, you know, happens yeah. to be my law partner, and and uh, blessed with the healthy family. Uh, um, you know, that young man would be very happy. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Uh, but but maybe a little surprised too. But yeah. who knows? I don't know. I thought I might be a you know, run for governor or something like that, you <laughs> yeah. know. So I, I had high aspirations. Yeah. Gov- <clears throat> governor Creed. Yeah. So, which I just thought of this, is that with different attorneys and lawyers and all this and these firms, you know, are there any kind of, like, competition between different firms like that? Like, is there any kind of competition, like, here in the Monroe area or anything well, like that? Yeah, well, in any business, you know, um, you're going to have competition. Yeah, we have a real. Our local bar uh, is is very congenial. I mean, very. We all know one another. We all yeah. get along. Doesn't matter if you're a plaintiff's attorney, a defense attorney. We work with the same pe- people, you know, day in day out. Same with insurance adjusters too that we work with. Yeah. Uh, in this area, so uh, it's. I would say. It, with regard to the local attorneys, it's friendly competition, but you know we all get along fine and and, and encourage each other with their respective practices. Yeah. Um, of course, then you got a couple of uh, you know other other law firms who really aren't based here. That you know called the advertising lawyers. Yeah. Although I do advertise too, so I don't want to be hypocritical, but we yeah. try to do it uh, differently. Yeah. Um, you know they. They they like to, you know, come in and, and I, I guess pick up some of the local market share. But yeah. they do this throughout, you know, in all the communities throughout the state, and in some even in multiple states. Yeah. Um, but but I, I I think we're real fortunate to have a congenial professional bar. Yeah. Because I know like you always hear like Creed and Creed, Jeff Guerrero mm-hmm. is one of them, and then I think. They opened uh, one recently. Was another um, Gordon McKernan right. office. That's right. And you know he has a million billboards across the state. <laughs> yeah. And I think, so I think he's Lamar's biggest customer. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And, and, so and he's based out of Baton Rouge. Yeah. And it's, so it's like there's you got to have some level of competition, you know. And if you ever like, which I've thought of this before, whenever you're watching the news or something happen, have you ever been like? I want to have this case. Like, have you ever been in that moment of saying, well, man, I wish I could work this case, you know? Possibly. I mean, it, it, it I don't know, it, it may be a little tacky, you know, yeah. because you, you don't wish anybody harm or, yeah. or, or injury. Uh, but sometimes when you hear of certain circumstances, you obviously think, well, you know, perhaps I could be a benefit to the family or help them with this particular case. Yeah. But, uh, but, I mean, certainly don't wish for anybody to have an accident. Yeah. But I was actually at a conference one time, and there was a Shreveport attorney. He was 
kind of holding court with, with some folks who were non-attorneys. And he made the comment, he goes, well, yeah, I love it when it rains uh, because it just causes so many accidents. And I remember <laughs> at, at the time, my, wow. daughter, my daughter was like in driver's ed, like 15. You know, I'm nervous wreck yeah. as a young parent because my daughter's about to, you know, Learn how take to, drive. to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And you got this guy who I would describe as kind of a jerk, I guess, <laughs> saying, you know, that, you know, it's that attitude that gives attorneys bad, bad uh, yeah. name or, or bad reputation. Because they know, hope the, they, the ambulance yeah, chaser. Because uh, they hope people get hurt that way they can make money. I mean that's that. that was his implication, but I was like, I mean, what? Yeah, how horrible is that? Yeah, you know. But so, um, but I don't know how I got off on that subject. But I remember that, that <laughs> yeah. was really offensive and offended me back in the day. But I guess as a response to your question, do you? So he might say yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's always been cases, of course, that are like interesting to you that's like man i could have i wish i could have worked on that or oh, something sure. other like that you know sure. it's like because that's like your field of work so you're right. like oh that's interesting uh yeah that would have been interesting for me to work on right my take on it you sure know? well i mean i you know you have some folks that are attorneys who are really good at research or legal writing or yeah my preference is not to be behind the desk but out in the field i like talking to witnesses yeah. and police officers and inspecting the accident scenes and you know, trying to reconstruct what happened. And uh, that's the fun part. Of course, that's kind of consistent with what I did before I went to law school, yeah. uh, as opposed to being in the law library, you know, reading case law. But yeah. that's part of it. You know, this, you know, it, there's, there's so many different aspects to case development. Yeah. But. And it's kind of good that you said that you wanted to be somewhat of a politician because that makes you more of like a people person and you really got to be able to like talk to people to do this line of work in my opinion. I, well, I would think so. I mean, it would certainly helps, yeah. you know, if you have it's just a, a characteristic or personality trait, but yeah. obviously uh, I, I think to be, it would certainly help if you're a, a people person, of, yeah. you know, if, if you can connect with folks, uh, from all stages of life. I mean, that I think I can, and I think that's benefited me in my practice. Yeah. And so, to end this episode off, is there any advice that you would want to give someone who may be going to law school or considering going into the law field? Is there anything you'd like to say to them? No, I would just uh, study hard and be dedicated and don't be overly stressed like perhaps I was as a, yeah. as a freshman. But... Uh, uh, and you know, if if you can get work experience in in the legal field uh, prior to or during law school, that's really beneficial. Um, so those and and you know if and if you decide to take a year or two off after graduating, you know, undergrad, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I yeah. think it helped me because when I came back, I had some work experience. I was more mature. I realized that, you know, work's not necessarily cut out, you know, or it's not what it's cut out to be. You know, I think I worked seven years, and I don't think I saved a penny. You know, I had, yeah. I had debt. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so when I had the opportunity to go back to school, I really relished the opportunity. Like I said, it was like getting going to college a second time. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and it didn't seem as difficult as, as working. Uh, yeah. Uh, eight to five job yeah. or uh, 
so after you work and, and you bust your tail a little bit and then you have the opportunity to go back, you appreciate it um, for what it is. So, you know, studying in an air-conditioned library and going to class and being surrounded with, you know, smart people, that's, that's, that's a pretty good trade-off to working in the hot <laughs> summers of Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I guess if, if you have an opportunity to take some time off and, and work first, particularly if you can do so in the legal field, uh, that that would benefit yeah. you know somebody greatly. And if you didn't take off all those years, you wouldn't have met your wife. So that's true. It worked out. <laughs> so it, it all it, it, it all came together. It that's right. Uh, in fact, I, I tried to get into law school the year before, and I applied at the last minute, and 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 didn't make the cut. And I'm so glad I didn't because I would <laughs> yeah. think about that often. Yeah. And I was really disappointed. And but I, I truly waited the last minute, but then in retrospect, so that's good advice too. You know, things generally work out for a reason yeah. and it works out for the best. And I'm kind of, I'm optimistic, <laughs> yeah. somewhat Pollyanna-ish. Uh, so yeah, I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. And so to end this off, do you have anything you'd like to add or say to end this episode? No, I appreciate, I'm flattered that you wanted to speak to me today, <laughs> Todd. Uh, oh, I didn't bore you or no. your audience but uh i think you're the first attorney and lawyer to be on so well I'm, I'm, again i appreciate the opportunity and uh and uh look forward to start listening to your podcast right. hear great things about them and just you know let your listeners know if we could ever help them we're here uh in monroe on tower drive and uh um uh, you know, if, if you mentioned seeing a billboard, uh, lastly, I'll say, you know, people, when I meet them a lot of times for the first time, they say, yeah, we see you all over town. And my, <laughs> yeah. my reply is, well, you better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's by design. But no, we're, we're here, we're local, and, and Catherine and I are, you know, in, engaged in the community and uh, uh, probably know many of you, you know, of your listeners personally. Yeah. And, uh wish you uh, continued success with your show. Oh, thank you. And thank you once again for being here. Yes, sir. Thanks. As always, please rate and subscribe. And if you're listening on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. And click that bell to get notified when new videos are uploaded. And make sure you follow the Toddcast only on Instagram at the underscore Toddcast underscore for all your Toddcast social media needs. Make sure you tell your friends and your family or anybody, really, to give it a listen. And thank all of you for listening to this episode. And if you want to know what's going to happen next week, well, I guess you're just going to have to tune in to find out. Only on the Toddcast.